Ahoy, mateys! Welcome to the GameBuoy.org video game podcast, your port of call for gaming news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. I'm your host, Captain Spike 2099, and with me, as always, is First Mate Slidekick. <laughs> and I hope, and I hope, and I hope. <laughs> and today is October 1st, 2019. This is episode 166. Where did the party go? Um, oh no, where did the party go? <laughs> Different older act at this point. Um, this ref- episode title references two things. First, it references us kind of disappearing. But more importantly, it references that today is a very special day for one of our hosts. And it's not me. Um, today is the day that Slidekick gets to celebrate the day he was born. Slidekick, happy birthday. Thanks. Where did my party go? <laughs> hey, I legitimately it's here. Offered... Well, it is. I legitimately this is the party. To kick you out, right? But you said that coming back online would be gift enough, so I guess I get to keep the collectible figurine I bought you? No. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome once again, each and every one of our lovely and beautiful listener, to another episode of the GameBuoy.org video game podcast. GameBuoy.org video game podcast. GameBuoy.org video game podcast. Today, we're going to be finally catching up. So let's get started, relax, and talk about some games. Uh, Slaggy, the hot topic today is pretty obvious, um, but what directly is the way that we rhyme? Hot topic is the way that we rhyme! That was supposed to be like a Nintendo Switch thing, not a Tom Pop, but... And I, oop. Oh yeah, I mean, honestly, work with what you got. <laughs> So, uh, on September 4th, we had a Nintendo Direct. Um, This is uh, really exciting. You know, every year in September, one of the big things that certain types of us nerds look forward to is the end-of-year Nintendo Direct. You know, the Direct that sort of wraps up what we're going to be seeing for the rest of the year out of Nintendo and often what we get to look forward to in, in, you know, the following year. Um, This is kind of an annual tradition. Um, Going in, I actually had really big expectations, and it's kind of why we're talking about this first in this episode. Um, Psyche, I want to ask you, going into this direct, did you have big expectations for it? Yeah, I mean, there was stuff that we were still expecting to hear about, and, you know, um, there had been rumblings leading up to it, to you know, so that it it was interesting to, or I was interested in seeing if they would pan out some. Well, and you know, it's interesting that you bring up rumblings, something that happened with this direct that I don't think has typically happened with any other direct to this degree is that we ended up with a lot of leaks, like a lot of very accurate leaks about this direct. Um, in some cases, as far as a month in advance for major um, titles, uh, did that impact your excitement level for the, the direct? And if so, more excite or less excite? Mm, not really. I mean, there was only the there was only like maybe three things that I really was like, oh yeah, that was teased or you know leaked or whatever. So that I was really you know, I mean, I guess aside from Smash DLC, but that's kind of been basically leaked 
always. So, I mean, I didn't really think about that. Well, you know, we had heard about uh, Overwatch, the Switch port, like a month in advance due to like some, uh, like a Switch case, carrying case leak. Yeah. And then, you know, we had gotten the uh, SNES Switch Online update (laughs) in advance. And so just, you know, a lot of these things that on their own would have been, um, I think think maybe bombshells. Didn't we get a little a little blurb about Kirby Clash or something, or maybe not? You know, someone, one of the online teaser people, like leakers really, was teasing a Kirby release, but I don't know that they had teased specifically that it was Clash. Okay. Uh, regardless, you know, for me, this still turned out to be a really fantastic direct. You know, at this point, it was like a month ago, which is when I had originally... Um, drafted this show role unfortunately life happened as it often does um, but here we are uh, i don't want to spend as much time talking about the individual headlines of this direct as we would have if we had recorded a month ago but there's still so many amazing things here we'd be doing everyone including ourselves a major disservice not to at least go down the headlines and you know comment obviously uh so psyche i want to ask you um I'm just going to go down this list and I just want you to tell me like, what, what do you think about these titles? Like what did you think about what was shown and uh, you know, just like generally where are you at on these games? Um, Overwatch on switch, which is going to be releasing in like two weeks. Oh wow. Yeah. That's coming up. Um, Yeah. I like overwatch. I mean, I'm not really good at it. I have only played on PC, but I mean, yeah. Playing on a portable is awesome. Um, I'm pretty impressed that they were able to scale the engine down. I mean, I guess Overwatch and Blizzard games in general aren't as technically demanding as, you know, maybe we think they are. Yeah, well, they are always always built on those. Exactly. They've always been great about those very scalable engines. And that really does contribute uh, here. Yeah, and I mean, I guess, you know, we had Diablo 3 already. So, I mean, but Diablo Diablo games are a little bit less demanding, I would say, in some ways. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, so maybe... uh, Maybe we'll continue to see more Blizzard support. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Blizzard, despite you know the haters. So excellent. Uh, do you probably pick it up? On... Yeah, excellent. That I mean, it's, exactly it's Overwatch. It's, it's free, so you know, um, you know, especially being able to play things like on the go or in bed because I'm a lazy bitch. Like, uh, I it might motivate me to you know feel like more. I'm more willing to put in some time and figure out how to play it on a you know console because i'm usually with those types of games uh keyboard and mouse so yeah well i actually i did briefly start playing on ps4 yeah i know a lot of the gays do that but um well and that's exactly why i started was to play with people online and it's once you get used to it it's not as bad as you would think although i i do still mm-hmm. prefer playing on yeah PC. and i mean i guess like you know i was playing uh, a little bit of destiny did i play destiny 2 i don't remember did i only play first destiny i don't even remember honestly i know that- you got to, but I don't recall if you really stuck with it, unfortunately. Although, if you ever want to get back into it, this is the week for it with uh, New Light releasing this week. Oh, yeah. Eh, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, for me, you know, I definitely will be picking up Overwatch. I've seen a lot of the uh, Twitter gaze, you know, since, since a lot of them are also uh, Switch gaze, except LOL. But, you know, they're all going to be getting into Overwatch as well on the Switch. And I just think it's like a really good opportunity to get in at like a new like level zero playing field on, you know, a console that everybody else is going to be just starting to. So I definitely am excited to 
have this chance yeah, to start and, all over. You know, um, like honestly, even as much as I would prefer to play a, a game like this on PC, like I am so lazy that if I can play Overwatch in bed, seriously, like I might be more willing to, you know, do that than I would with something like PS4. And um, the game has also changed so much, you know, just with like what how the characters play and stuff and new characters and like then like some of them are even different roles now like um oh yeah you know i actually have been didn't symmetric it like changed from a into a support or something oh girl it's yeah it's it's the whole game is very different from the last time you played we we could have a whole ass conversation of that otherwise well my overwatch is telling me that it's time to move on perfect perfect so then um Luigi's Mansion 3. I was excited about this, um, but, you know, I, I kind of feel like, you know, what they showed us at the Direct, uh, kind of the multiplayer features and, and hotel, some of the new themed hotel floors. Uh, for me, this was just a little bit less interesting of a presentation, although I'm still stoked for the game. Okay, that's fair. I thought the, the mini games looked kind of cute. Um, I'm excited for it releasing on Halloween. How about that? That's spooky. Yeah. Oh, well, and that's definitely cool. And, you know, I'm really excited to play it. I just, yeah, this presentation wasn't it for me. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't also meant to be like the star attraction. I don't think it was just like, hey, it's here. It's queer. Luigi <laughs> and Luigi are an item. Oh, my gosh. Do you ship it like FedEx? Um, I may be working on a fanfic right now. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. Well, then how about this? We also got word of a new free-to-start Kirby game for Switch. Uh, this is, of course, the four-player Kirby Clash, which is kind of comparable almost to, like, Kirby Goes Monster Hunter. Um, I think it's really cute. Uh, the game came out already, and I think a lot of us have already put time into it to some degree. I was, funny enough, just talking about this game with Sulker yesterday when I was uh, deleting things off of my Switch to make because space. You, because there are literally hundreds of games at this point. Well, yeah, right? Maybe even like a thousand. It's probably got like as big of a library as the NES, basically. I mean, I'm sure those numbers you, are out there, and, and I'm have, sure it's surpassed it since. So You have like hundreds of games for the Switch. Uh, anyway, though, the, po the point was you know and i was just having a conversation about this game and i'm not actually sure i'll play it again at this point like it was cute that was a moment but it didn't really have staying power for me which i guess is the interesting thing about doing an episode like this a month late um yeah did you did you have a chance to check out kirby clash and if so what did you think no because shortly after this direct came out i was like, I wasn't, like, really sick, like, to where the listeners need to worry, but, um... Yeah, no, I, I got, there I was got just a moment. And, yeah, so I, fun. I just, I had a bad cold I was fighting off, and so basically all I was doing was sleeping, and so, like, things like this that I meant to get around to, like, and you would think, like, oh, well, you could play it in bed, you just said you would, but, like, no, I was seriously, it was like, uh, like, I feel like crap, I just want to sleep, um, after work, so... Because, yay, can't take off time of work because capitalism. Uh, but yeah, um, I have feelings about free-to-start things um, in general. I mean, sometimes they're good. But, I mean, honestly, what's really making me like, eh, is that you're like, oh, I'm not going to really play. Then, like, honestly, if you're not going to play it, then I probably won't even bother. Oh, I mean, that's kind of a bummer. You know, if you want to get back in, if you want to give it a try, I'll re-download it. I mean, maybe if there's a dry spell, but there's just 
too many other things that I want to play and need to play. That's like, you know. Well, at least this is free and you don't have to buy anything new. So if you, do, if you do have a moment where you just need something on the cheap, I'll re-download it and we can give it a go. Okay, thanks. Cool. Um, Let's see. We also got another look at the long-awaited remake of Trials of Mana. Um, this was another really pretty trailer. Uh, we found out the same day as the release of this trailer that this release is going to be, uh, you know, coming out everywhere like the same day, which is what, like April twenty fourth or something. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and so it was exactly April 24th, which makes me honestly really worried about my memory because I don't know my family's birthdays, but I know the release of Trials of Mana next year. Yeah, and I'm usually the one who's really like weirdly exact about um, release dates and stuff, so uh, I'm impressed that you nailed that one. Yikes. Well, I guess it just shows you how excited I am for this game. Yeah, how well, excited I mean, are you? I mean, I still, I mean, I probably should pick up the collection of mana because i you know i missed out on um you know secret of mana um i did um, yeah i mean i did play um a little bit of the original second that setsu oh nice back on on the game boy but honestly um, that was a great game i still stand yeah i mean um at the time i i never finished it but uh so i probably should put it i probably should put in some time with it um you know like it's a classic um, series, I'm aware. Um, but I've always heard rumblings that Seiken, that sorry, it's not Seiken, Seiken, right? Sei, S-E-I, Sei, Seiken, Sei. Seiken Densetsu? Se- I thought Sai would be S-A-I. Seiken, Seiken? Seiken Densetsu? Seiken. Um, I've heard that Trials of Mana is <laughs> um, like the best of the three. Like that, of obviously, Secret of Mana... Um, or Seikendo uh, Setsu 2 was, you know, obviously legendary, but that 3 was even better. So, I mean, I don't know if that's if that's accurate, but I've... Uh... I mean, honestly, in my opinion, Seikendo Setsu 2 is the strongest of the three, but I do think that they're all three really fantastic games. And, like, didn't they, like... Because um, this is the one where, like, you... Isn't this the one where you pick... Uh, three of the characters and then the rest of the three that you don't pick the other three are uh, NPCs. And like, yes. so you experience the story in different ways. I just think that's a really cool concept. And yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, um, you know, I don't want to give too much away cause it ended up playing out differently than I had expected it to all those years ago. Um, but yeah, no, the other three characters, well, the other characters that I hadn't picked had much different uh, storylines than I expected. And it was really cool. Well, I'm just, I can't believe that we're living in an era where we can finally play Seiken Desetsu 3. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm super happy that we can finally play Trials of Mana. And uh, I'm also going to be really excited when we can play the upcoming Return of the Obra Din. Um, oh, that's the um, the pirate pirate ship adventure game, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of missed out on that one um with its original release that was just a uh pc game right originally i believe so because um although i guess papers please started out on pc too i was for whatever reason i always think of papers please as like i feel like it was on ios that that game really took off i don't know maybe 
Maybe I became mm-hmm. aware of it through Steam sales primarily, but you might be I don't right. know. I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, Lucas Pope. Yeah, yeah. Pope. Let's see. So we also had a new trailer for Pirates. Little Town. <laughs> we also had a new trailer for Little Town Hero, which oh, is... Oh, yeah, the town, formerly known as Town Working Title. Yeah, yeah. It's actually going to be releasing on October 16th, just about you know two weeks from now it's looking like a really cute little little game i'm actually really excited for it again Mm -hmm. i think everybody has probably seen this trailer by now but uh what did you think yeah i mean honestly um first of all two game freak games in one year i mean you know pokemon uh sword and shield so yay but um i love when game freak has the time to work on something that's not pokemon not even shading pokemon obviously like i'm still huge into pokemon i'm uh, i'm totally pro sword and shield even though there's lots of haters but when game freak is able to i mean not counting the early days with like yoshi you know like yoshi the puzzle game which is like fun but basic and um like mendel palace i mean i, I don't really remember if that was really anything great um but like for example, uh, you know, Drill Dozer, Harmonite, um Yes, Drill both Dozer. Great. Um I missed out on um what was it, Tembo the Badass Elephant, but I heard that that was pretty cute. Um a Saliti horse. I never got around to I stand so hard. Oh my god, what? It was well, so because, good. Um by the time it finally came out over here, I feel like um it, it took like a long time to for them to bring it over, and then um, like I I just don't play my 3ds anymore. I need a Saliti horse. Um, sorry, what does they name it? Pocket card jockey. Yeah, I need them to bring it to Switch. I mean, why not? I mean, honestly, I have been waiting for you know. Yeah, but no, I remember game. being like super super into the idea of Saliti horse. Even it is, it's so good. It's so good, Slidekick. You have to check it out. Yeah, but like I just. I don't even know where my 3DS is, and I have, like, five of them. I don't even know where they are. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> Let's see. Um, we also got the announcement that Banjo-Kazooie was going up in Smash Brothers Live that day. Yeah. Have you played him yet? Because I haven't. You know, I haven't I, played Smash lately. I did, just because I had some people over, including you, a few nights ago. And they played Smash for the first time since Banjo came out. And then the next day, I was like, okay, well, I see that they played Banjo. I better check that out. Uh, so I did. And it was uh, pretty uh, pretty good. I, I think he's a pretty good character. Cool. The bigger, for me, news, though, was the reveal of the next DLC character, which, you know, as you note, had been kind of teased. Kind in, of, because they advance. had, we found uh, SNK diddlings for lack of a better word, diddlings. Their copyright information was on the bottom. Yeah, they're, did- they're diddlings. On the bottom of the character DLC description page in advance. So we all kind of knew that this or something like this was coming. And we got the announcement of upcoming DLC character Terry Bogart from, uh, you know, King of Fighters, Fatal Fury, at all. Um, He's also- dead. 
we also got the announcement that there are going to be DLC characters for Smash beyond the five characters in the the character pack that had been announced. So, uh, you know, the floodgates are open. More Smash DLC is a coming, and uh, we are all excited. Hey, if um, if Melee was able to live for like fifteen years, so can Ultimate. Yeah, especially, especially if this really is the last one that he's working on you know he 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 says so and then we also found out that uh he made this game as a prom it was like it was one of the last things that um iwata-san asked him for and i was was like heartbreaking so of course he put his like life and soul into it but yeah i think the entire gaming community was really touched by that revelation so yeah he's gonna uh, he's gonna make this game like the ultimate game and, you know, it's interesting because although it didn't, I don't believe it came out at this direct, um, one of the games we're about to talk about briefly, Dragon Quest XI-S, um, the folks over at Square Enix had also said very similar things about um, Iwata-san, that, you know, they had um, really wanted to get this project done right for Iwata-san. And, yeah, right? It's like, I bought Dragon Quest XI-S and, like, I'm playing it I mean, now, I already wanted just, to, like, but now I really feels. want to hell of feelings yeah um anyway uh before we talk about dragon quest 11 s though uh they showed Link's awakening for switch which is this out is... now well yeah not only is it out now i think most of us have beat played all the way through it and finished i don't it. i don't have it yet well, that's weird you're supposed to be the resident uh, zelda fan what happened um i got busy oh okay hey that's perfectly cromulent are you planning on picking it up oh yeah yeah for sure um also honestly i would i wanted to give it a little time because i heard people talking about like frame rate issues and i kind of wanted to hear you know with people getting further into it and like so i knew if it was like i mean i think it's all much ado about nothing honestly like the game does dip in and out of its uh like variable resolutions frequently um and the frame rate like when you're going from like internal to external environments like in the this the first like little town area like it does switch from like 60 frames a second to 30 frames a second and it can be a little weird that's not a frame rate dip precisely precisely that's a blip I thought I, I was expecting like you know the difference between thirty and fifteen. No, like, no, it isn't that at all. Like remember when you would, even slight. Remember back in the day when we used to play World of Warcraft on laptops, and then we'd be like, "Oh my god, what happened to my frame rate?" Oh, oh my I god, knocked, so cinematic. I, I accidentally knocked my power out of my laptop, and so it went to power saver mode, and so. <laughs> oh my god power saver mode and now i'm doing 15 frames per second no it's not that at all no honestly people ah it's here's the thing i I appreciate that okay yeah everybody wants 60 frames all the time and i get 30 is perfectly cromulent well and the thing is for me is that it's like let's have a little bit of nuance in these discussions I kept hearing everybody talk about how awful the frame rate was in advance of the release of the game. And so I was actually worried as well. But because I'm such a huge fan of Link's Awakening, I decided to just take the jump and go for it anyway. I'm very glad that I did because, yeah, I, it's very, like I said, it's just during the transition periods, it goes from from one frame rate to another and switches modes. That's it. it it's not like, it's not like any kind of like, crazy like jitteriness or like you know dropping frames due to like 
way too much going on on screen. Again, there is some weirdness with the resolution that if you're one of those people who like really notices like when you're the a variable resolution goes up or down, like you'll see that happen a fair bit. But I thought it was a perfectly playable game on the small screen in portable mode, especially. It's like beautiful. Yeah, I mean, that's honestly the way I mostly play Switch anyway, so. Like all of my complaints about like variable resolution and like, oh yeah, you know, frame rate hitches in between, you know, transitioning from environments. Even that's only because I'm playing on like a 65 screen, like 4K set. Like any, (laughs) yeah, anything that isn't like a fucking like, xbox one x ps4 pro like souped up game is not gonna look ideal on that set it is what it is okay well i'm glad that we had this discussion because now i am not concerned yeah i think the haters led you astray on that one Mm -hmm. honestly uh let's see dragon quest 11 s um that is a technical marvel by the way like i've been playing it and um have you been doing mostly like the 16-bit mode well so i checked it out specifically because i had started playing originally on the ps4 pro um and this was back right before i started to really run into some serious mental health issues and um getting back to dragon quest 11 on ps4 was actually one of the things that was really hard for me to do um so picking it up on switch and getting to play in that other graphic mode was actually a a real godsend for me and it did help me to like get back into it and get through it and now i've progressed further and yeah so the graphics have taken a hit in like the full ass 3d mode except it's still a very very good looking game um the despite that like it it still runs with like a really solid frame rate it's just a technical marvel to look at and play and by all Um, accounts it's the best version of the game so that's i don't know how i missed that there's a playable dog yeah yeah that's that's a whole side it's yeah it's it's there's a bullet involved not from a gun i mean like an asterisk like a bullet point yeah (laughs) yes precisely and then i saw Um, there was like a town of dogs did i just spoil a major thing um it's a whole thing don't worry about it but yeah, you I should, I saw the you should check it out. You would probably be charmed can, and delighted. Can you can you pet the dog? There are many dogs. Um, but yeah, I have honestly the only Dragon Quest game I've ever played is one of the Dragon Quest Monster games from like the Game Boy Color era because that was during my my Pokemon kick, and I was like, oh, this is a suitable. Um, oh, something. like Terry's Wonderland or something? Yeah, yeah, one of the Terry games. That's wonderful. In fact, that actually just got a uh, like ROM release on Switch in Japan, which uh, it's called like uh, Terry's Wonderland Retro, and it's just straight up like the old Game Boy ROM running with like borders and everything. It's pretty oh, awesome. Cute. Yeah, I wish for that in English, but unfortunately, um, we haven't heard of any such thing yet. Yeah. So, anyways, long story short, I've actually never played a proper Dragon Quest before, and I guess it's either that or one of those mobile ports they just put up with the like kind of weird looking sprites. So <laughs> I'll probably go with 11. Good yes. call. Good call. Let's see. Uh, we got the surprise announcement of the much, much, much demanded Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE Encore. Um, isn't it Sharp FE? Yes, it is Sharp FE. I honestly overlooked it because I'm so used to reading hashtags these days. Right. Like the moment I did it, I realized it and felt terrible. Um, yeah, that, that was a um, 
that was a a, surprise yeah i think this is like the last big switch port people are really demanding well world i guess and wonderful 101 i mean look i want wonderful 101 super bad but like do other people legitimately want that yeah that's awesome I'm happy. I'm I'm delighted to hear that. I just had assumed that game wouldn't be particularly popular at this point. Delighted. Then we also got the surprise announcement of Deadly Premonition 2, which is like, what? That isn't even a game I think we really knew existed before that. Yeah, and I mean, like, um, I don't think we had any sort of premonition, huh, so to speak, that uh, Sweary was even working on that, because, I mean, we know he's been working on um the good life which is that like um kind of the town game where you turn into a cat or a dog i'm not really exactly sure but it looks really cute and then you know he had um been putting a lot of time into uh the missing so like i didn't see this coming at all yeah yeah i really hadn't either but i'm really excited and then they they also uh put out uh deadly premonition one that day right oh yeah they absolutely did yeah. They also announced uh, Switch ports of Divinity 2 and Doom 64. I'm interested in D- Divinity. I never got around to it. Doom. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like if, if Doom I wanted 64 to play, well enough. What? I mean, if I wanted to play Doom, I'd play like a modern Doom, which looks more compelling to me. But I guess, I mean, again, I you know, if that's... you played... If you played Doom 64 and have a lot of attachment to it, then that makes sense, I guess. I mean, the thing is, Doom 64 at the time was really special, in my opinion. I was a Doom stan. I was a Nintendo 64 stan. There were not a lot of us that were both of these. So I gave the game like a real go and was really delighted and surprised. And I think that a lot of people now are clamoring for this game to get its return so that people will finally appreciate it. And I really hope people will get something out of it because it's a pretty well-designed and cool game, in my opinion. All right, cool. Um, We also got a teaser for the next game by Hi-Rez Studios. This is Rogue Company. Um, oh yeah that looked interesting yeah yeah i like high-res studios so i'm i'm definitely gonna check that out let's see yeah, we also I mean, got uh, oh. i just wonder if it's how it will have staying power but it looked cool it did look cool let's see we also had here the announcement of the eminent release which has now passed of the uh online snes switch update yeah. So we now have uh, access on Switch to Super Mario World, Super Metroid, Pilot Wings, Demon's Crest, Brawl Brothers, Yoshi's Island, Star Fox, Kirby's Dream Land 3, Super Soccer, Super EDF Earth Defense Force, Super Mario Kart, F-Zero, Kirby's Dream Course, Super Puyo Puyo 2, Super Tennis, A Link to the Past, Stunt Race FX, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Breath of Fire, and Joe and Mac 2 Lost in the Tropics, which is a pretty eclectic and wild set of games in a lot of different ways. Uh, Sagi, I want to ask you, was there anything there that really stood out to you as like, whoa? Um, I was happy for you about Demon's Crest, which I mean... Yes, I honestly, people were actually tweeting at me about it. I felt really honestly, like, super good about that. And then like, uh, Super EDF Earth Defense Force... Seemed really a really interesting choice. Um, stunt race I, FX. I was just gonna say I was shook that they included stunt race FX. When I saw that, I actually immediately messaged you on Messenger. Um, do you know what I mean? I'm and I'm trash, but do you know what I would have loved? Unirisers. Oh, 
Of course, Uniracers. There's always something. Let's see. We also got word of another update coming for Tetris 99. Uh, we got an update on the Sonic and Mario uh, Tokyo Olympics 2020. I just need to point out that you listed this as the Samari Olympics. And I was like, oh my god, wouldn't it be amazing? Because we do know they, did, they, they have a retro mode. Like for a story mode where you have to go to like the Tokyo 1964 Olympics. It looks really cute. But what if it was actually Somari, like the bootleg Sonic Mario hybrid? <laughs> I would like to see it. Oh my god, we should make a Somari Olympics. Somari Olympics. Okay, let's uh let's see about that. Let's see. We also got a new trailer for uh Damon Cross Machina, which is actually just out now. Um I've played it. Uh, yeah. It's great. It really is, is that- like armored core spiritual successor that i had been hoping for oh good i know Selker um mentioned it positively on social mediums yeah yeah it was super great uh let's see we got a trailer and release of a port of the well-loved pc classic star wars jedi knight 2 cool let's see uh the less loved surprise switch announcement and release of devil may cry 2 Okay, something to hold us over until being at a three. And then the surprise announcement of a classic JRPG remake coming to Switch finally after all these years, Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, that was um, unexpected, and it looks really good. Right? I mean, I was actually, for me, because I have like a very visual memory when it comes to games. I saw this trailer, and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And um, actually, the people I was watching it with initially were all just like, wait, no, this does not look that different from the game in the first place. You're like, um, like you're all. It came out on Wii. Right? <laughs> Maybe they were right? thinking of um, Chronicles 2 or even um, Chronicles well, X. Well, and I do. I almost feel like they must have been thinking of like some of these characters like cameo appearances in other games or something, because I'm sorry, Xenoblade Chronicles is a lot of things, but a looker is not one of them. I think even at it when it released, it looked kind of dated, but yeah, and it's still for, quite, quite and lovely for, for what it was. And it's 480p glory. Right. It's like not even 480p. It's like 480i with like interlacing artifacts all over the oh. place. I mean, oh, no, I, baby, I, what is you doing? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and then on the Japanese side, there was also an announcement that there was going to be Switch remakes of the Famicom Detective Club adventure games. Huh. Um, we have not yet seen or heard hide nor hair of an English version, but fingers crossed, uh, you know, Nintendo has been straying Strain. away from these kinds of uh, regional exclusive releases. So hopefully this will come over for the first Stranger time. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, right? My goodness, so, we need to get this episode moving, don't we? With all of that having been said, the talk of the Direct is over. I thought it was a killer Direct, a real A+. Yeah, a definitely. I mean, we had a lot to talk about, and oh, there's still an entire episode left to record. And I, oops. <laughs> Not the question I was asking, though. What did, what did you think of the Direct? No, I, my point was that, that uh, we clearly had a lot to talk about, like, so... It was a meaty, a nice meaty direct, and a lot of good things for oh, different people. I, yeah, as I said, the point. Okay, I see. Is, I didn't. I missed. This your is supposed to be that an, was this, bad on me. This is supposed to be our introduction, and oops, we've been talking about this for maybe an hour already. And uh, oops, no, it's been like thirty-five minutes. I have a timer running. Of course you do. It's Mr. Timer. He and I are well acquainted. 
Very good. Well, then let's start off with the news that <laughs> um, Sean Layden, the head of PlayStation's Game Studios, has departed. Not even is going to leave. Um, now you, you mean like from PlayStation, not like dearly departed? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yes. Although I actually saw a lot of people note that the terminology that was used in the official announcement of this via PlayStation's Twitter oh, it did actually kind of sound that way. It is with great emotion that we announce that Worldwide Studios chairman Sean Layden will be departing SIE. Um, as we now know, um, he's like out the door, like effective today. Um, no successor has been named. Uh, Sony has not really commented on this further and then almost immediately following this we got news that sony interactive entertainment japan asia president atsushi morita-san um has stepped down so nobody exactly knows what's going on over Ooh. at sony today um maybe disney's buying them <laughs> you never know <laughs> i shouldn't joke about that we don't joke about uh disney's corporate takeovers well and we Except um i for one welcome our new corporate overlords <laughs> i mean you know i i am a disney person but i recognize that they are definitely not a good thing in the marketplace um but you know they have all the ip that i've ever loved in my life practically and that is a whole ass thing it's not good so let's see here i'm yeah i'm really like worried about like what's going on at sony we saw a lot of weird ass articles today like uh kotaku i think it was was running a story about how you know anonymous ps4 or ps5 developers now are starting to worry because uh, maybe they're not getting ev all everything in that they were expecting to have in by now for the ps5 launch um, it just kind of sounds like there's some weirdness happening. You know, as we always say on this show, going back years, where there's smoke, there's often fire. And in my opinion, this seems like a story of ruin. We're just unfortunately maybe talking about it a little too soon for once. But dun -dun -dun. Mm. Right. Um, do you want to take this next one, though? Because I think you might be excited about this. Yeah, this is a kind of an interesting um, resurgence of a beloved series for many the brain age series is coming back um so far this is only a japanese release it is dr kawashima's nintendo switch brain training um so you know it's um gonna be coming with a stylus it'll use the joy cons ir camera so it'll be interesting to see um because you know the do the joy the joy cons have the ir camera in um i mean it's not really even a joy con uh, but is that ir camera in the switch light I would have to assume that it is. I because there's no I mean, unless, Well, it does need to be noted, you know, um, with one two switch, for example, you know, they basically are just saying like, oh yeah, if you play this on a switch light, you just have to also buy some new Joy-Con. Maybe that's going to be the case here as well because oh yeah, it's not like you can't use other Joy-Con. It's just like and uh, oop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I am just looking at it right now and kind of going over like, yeah, some of the stuff looks like it wouldn't really work as well on a Switch Lite. That is very interesting. Yeah, but I mean, there's, uh, you know, um, like I said, there's a stylus. It looks like there's like an adding game and um, uh, versus brain training. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it looks super cute. Some of the like 
in in home like tournament stuff it almost looks like the old asynchronous multiplayer features from uh animal crossing yeah and then there's uh the brain age of course yeah yeah so yeah, yeah gosh, um, it, this looks super i could fun i could me. imagine that um we might hear something about this uh it's a december 27th release for japan so you know probably not the highest priority for them to bring over here but it seems like it wouldn't be you know aside from maybe the one where you're like trying to match the uh katakana um maybe that game wouldn't come over but i mean i don't know maybe maybe they could include it and like hey learn how to read katakana and just you know find a way to localize it with you know some other kind of pictographic system or just learn how to write letters i guess i don't know i mean Let's see. So we also have here word that another Dragon Quest game is being localized. This is awesome. Uh, so this one is oh, Dragon it's Quest. A mo- it's a mobile social game. <laughs> oh, be quiet. No, I just remember how we always used to rag on mobile socials. Yeah, but now every game is a mobile social game. Even yeah. online, even like whole ass AAA console games are practically mobile social games. So at least this one is a Dragon Quest game. Yeah. Uh, this is the fan favorite Dragon Quest of the Stars. Um, this is the one that lets you make like your custom character. You get to go through like a whole like uh, I keep wanting to say Dragon Ball story because of the Akira Toriyama art, but you get to go through a whole Dragon Quest story take place in series trademark like turn based battles. Do like the sort of typical social stuff. It looks and, like a really fun game, and, and in Japan, money with it was a, a big ass deal. Well, does it have gotcha elements? I mean, of course it does, and it has I you know, it has a character gems of... and everything. Yeah, like, I mean, out of all the things, I hate stamina bars the most. Like, yeah, I, hate I, mean, when I, I hate when I want to play a game, and it's like, no, you need to recharge or spend money to play it more. I hate when I want to play a game and can't for whatever reason. Period. And when it's like the game telling me no because it wants more money, yeah, that irritates the crap out of me. But also, like, I was in a... arcades, so I just try to think about it like that. That's true, but something, no, but it's something... also way more predatory. Let's be clear: something, something I mean... loot boxes, something European laws about gambling. We've talked about it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So speaking of a whole thing. Yeah, um, I would really love it if you could dig into this as we get so, into our culture yeah. club and move into our stories that kind of talk about games culture. This is a big one. Ugh, and like, I know we, that you... Do well, we have to talk about games culture? It's so toxic. That's I mean, I, guess thing. I joke, but that's why we have to talk about it, honestly. Well, exactly. That's the thing is like uh, gaming culture is so terrifying to me. You know, I, I tweet a lot. Half of our listener all of our listener because it's only one uh, knows that i tweet a lot um i recently had a tweet go like low grade viral about persona 5 and it oh, was yeah. awful it was terrible and i mean it i was, was worried like, low for you grade. like i thought you were gonna um lock down your twitter it was like i mean it was it's not even that many like i got only had like a thousand or two retweets and it, i was getting like oh you're mentally you're mentally ill lol kill yourself like what the fuck? Yeah, is I reported. I reported that, and they actually they didn't take down his profile, but they did take that tweet down. So cool. I guess that helps a lot. Um, well, and yeah, I mean that after that, I mean I stopped 
really like pointing these things out like and i stopped like retweeting and like sharing images of them because um you know a lot of people pointed out i was um, boosting these audiences which i'm typically more uh on point about but i was going through um not to be too too personal but i was actually going through adjusting to a new um uh, med for medication precisely and so it was like really a challenging experience for me uh to deal with these people saying all of these things and it was like man gaming culture is terrible like yeah i was just making an observation that for the first few hours of persona 5 it says one thing in my opinion very clearly and then throughout the rest of the game goes against that one thing i was not making like an all-encompassing statement on my thoughts of Persona 5, which are complex, but generally very, very, very positive. Um, and instead, even people who like are were ostensibly like people I had interacted with before were like making really like bad faith in like rude comments. And it was uh, really disheartening because I think that it's fair, you know, to talk about like, oh, yeah, Persona 5 brings up issues of like the sexualization of minors and like specifically um also how like sexualization in culture contributes to these kinds of of attitudes about youth that are really perpetuating negative ideals internally and externally and for me you know having so so many strong statements be made in the first few hours of the game and then the whole next hundred hours you're looking at you know girls in cat suits sometimes literal bending over and you know showing off their cleavage despite being 16 or 17 year olds i guess Mm -hmm. i just feel like it's really awesome that the game made the statement in the first place but also can we talk about the second factor here because it undercuts it a little bit and And ironic don't want to have a talk about it and it's super weird to me like all of these debate me fucks like bitch let's talk yeah so ironically before i get on to this uh at first when i loaded up this kotaku article it had shown me an ad about like talk to your friends about your mental health i was like oh how perfect but then um i needed to re when i um when i re um went back into that tab again now it's advertising period proof underwear and a girl wearing um Underwear, I guess that's good that it's period proof, though. And then a Shop Disney ad. Um, so basically, we've got the Disney corporate takeover, um, bras and panties, and mental health all in um, banner ads. I just thought that was kind of ironic. And also, so my computer's your listening computer to me. is listening to you, and okay, but one, we're also, talking about on this I have episode to say, is popping I have, up in your ads. That's amazing. I have, I have to say that um, some of the things being advertised are like a dog costume, of uh sheriff woody which is, would be adorable oh no you need to get this one because it's mickey mouse i guess they all have like the feet i love the dog costumes where like they start running and it looks like they're like they have little um that they're like little persons but anyway um i'd rather talk about cute dog costumes than this person um so basically um this is about pewdiepie and basically to sh- to give you an idea of how problematic he has been if you haven't been following along he had to clarify that, yes, he did indeed donate $50,000 to the Anti-Defamation League. Um, some people, especially, like, I guess over on 4chan and other um, other swamps of the internet, um, were saying that, oh, he was blackmailed into doing it, or that um, the ADL threatened him. Um, yeah, well, and, you know, that's where this takes the even crazier twist, because you're talking about how he had to explain the pledge. And I know that's the news story here that is linked. Uh, this news story has changed since I put this 
show role together because um PewDiePie has since revoked his pledge for that fifty thousand dollars after pressure from his fan base due to that charity. Oh, I thought I heard about that. That's why I wouldn't um I'm surprised that Kotaku didn't update that. They're usually really good about that. Well, and that's the thing is I think they just did additional reporting and more articles. Okay. But yeah, no, there this yeah. is actually a stale article that slipped through because of this weird situation with the yeah. old show role. But the positive is it actually gives us the exact thing. Like he initially had to explain on 9-11 that his fifty thousand dollar pledge to an anti-hate group was legit which i am just reading off kotaku's headline right there because it explains it in the most succinct way possible Mm -hmm. also this is someone with a hundred million followers on youtube yeah 100 million and look i mean it's clear this guy it's clear what he is he keeps Uh, saying that he is not a lot of those followers are probably bots well that's not that is hopefully true but not unfortunately not where i'm going i mean we already know unfortunately an even larger number of them appear to be white supremacists that are very happy to pressure him into pulling Mm -hmm. money and a donation to what has traditionally been accepted as a pretty great organization i mean you know it has there are things about it to be concerned about but there's no organization about which that is not true and i haven't yet myself seen anything about adl that was like fucking run for the hills if it's out there, I just haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. It sucks I have to put that many star, you know, bullets on things these days. But also, I got attacked for complaining that a Japanese game had a lot of fan service. So I am have a little Under bit of shell shock this week. Right? And the crazy thing is, it's not even that I'm really necessarily against fan service. It's just that the game itself was presenting itself you know it's like my problems with the game that i talked about and why i hadn't gotten to the game in the first place back when it released my concern when i tried to get into it the first time was that it really seemed to be trying to make a statement that it couldn't follow through on and now that i've played all the way through the game i don't feel that as strongly but i do still feel that unfortunately it still says things that no one else is saying that need to be said in games it is i would call it a must play phenomenal experience but it is deeply yeah. marred by its And problems. as far as uh, PewDiePie, like, isn't he rich enough at this point that he can just retire? Like, uh, he just, I, I think he just needs to go away. No, I'm not no, saying, I like, completely... in, a, in a threatening way. Like, yeah, I, just, I think he not. just needs to not be, like, because it's just, I mean, we've, we've already seen. Um, Look, I'll, I'll be clear. I don't think he should have a platform anymore. Yeah, I hope I mean, his platform is no no longer existent at some point soon in the future. Yeah, I, I mean we've that. we've already seen how um th- we we in the gaming community have we watched the right we watched and tried to warn people about the rise of the alt right through GamerGate, and now that's our um that's our world politics thanks to uh, who we have in office. So uh, on a on a side note, um, Kotaku had a, a a link to Jezebel, which is another you know. One of their um, like one of the, their fam- the Gawker Giz- families, Giz- yeah, the Gawker families, but not Gawker. Except, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, Natalia Barnett, the real life um, orphan, like from the movie Orphan. She, as of today, has been found in Indiana living with a Christian couple. So, uh, wow, wow, yeah. Actually, one of our our good friends, IRL linked that to me earlier and i actually dropped my phone screaming when i was reading the article it was oh my goodness right and i was at the so, dog park so like it was oh my god. god oh my god they found the 
orphan from orphan, but like real life. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Uh, do you want me to take this one? Because I do. I'm... I don't actually have an opinion on this, but I feel like you probably do. Like even before I linked you to this story. Yeah. So um, you might have, if you're someone who had been following World of Warcraft, which for me I hadn't honestly for a long time until very recently. Um, they had been. Um, I mean, we maybe talked. We maybe talked about this last episode i can't remember did we talk about how they were putting recruit a friend on um on hiatus well so we had talked about the recruit a friend going on hiatus one of the times the many times it went on hiatus i, I don't know like, if we talked about it this year but because it was in last. june so it was in june so it might have overlapped with our uh, e3 episodes but uh, oh, maybe so uh, they are it's not live yet but they've revamped the system and basically, instead of letting you, because the way that recruit a friend used to work is, you know, you could invite someone to play who had not played before, and then if they ended up um, buying, like I think, two months of game time, like if you got one month of game time, like there were, you got something like little or something, I feel. But then if you got a two months or maybe it was just one month, I don't know. But basically, you originally it was like there were special mounts. I remember the Zevra mount, like it was just a zebra, was the original one. And then they added more. And then there was a time where you could choose between different mounts. And then you could choose between different mounts and little pets. Uh, now they're revamping it. Not only is it going to be like the recruiter friend, but it's also kind of a, um, what do they what do they call, you know, um, th- those who have had lapsed subscriptions, in this case, in the past two years. So it's tying that like in. The scrolls of Resurrection. Scroll of Resurrection, yeah. So the Scroll of Resurrection program. I had and, to think about it. Yeah, no, wow, you you nailed that. Um, it's Recruit a Friend and Scroll, Scroll of Resurrection kind of in one. If it's for resurrecting people, they, ha- they have to have not played in the past two years, which may apply to a lot of your friends because uh, not many people have played World of Warcraft in the past couple of years. Uh, well, I uh, mean, that was probably true before a month ago. True, true. Uh, but anyway, um, the way that this works is at, uh, up to 12 months of game time that your recruited or returning friend purchases, you get a reward. So it's um, after one month, you get Ricky the Adorable Pet Monkey. Two months, you get game time. Three months, you get the Explorer's Dune Trekker, a two-person camel mount with an awesome face. That's what Kotaku is reporting. Um, after four months, you get the Renowned Explorer title. Five months, game time. Five After five months, you get another month of game time. Six months, you get the Stinning Sands Cosmetic Weapon Enchantment. Which is basically like a, um, you know, just an enchant appearance that doesn't actually enchant it. It just gives you a, like, you know, cool looking effect. After seven months, you'll get the renowned Explorer's Tabard. Another month of game time after eight months. After nine months, you get a two-person flying map called the Explorer's Jungle Hopper. After ten months, you get a renowned Explorer's Rucksack, which is a backpack that you can wear instead of a cape. So I don't know if it actually functions also as a bag, but it's a, like, wearable backpack. Uh, after 11 months, you get another month of game time. And after 12 months, you get the renowned Explorer's Attire, which is like an archaeologist look. So, um, and if you have like two people who subscribe, like it can combine. So you can recruit up to 10 people. Um, and so any combination of 12 months of game time will give you um, these rewards once they put this live. But um, so first of all, like um, it actually seems like a kind of cool system. And, you know, a lot of people might just, like, and honestly, like, I have not ruled out the idea of, like, oh, maybe I just uh, would buy a year of game time for someone, you know, 
and then have them, you know, even if they don't end up playing for that year, you know, uh, just reap the benefits because I paid it for them. Anyway, um, uh, I've got a problem for me with that. And I feel you because I kind of had a similar thought for a minute about how uh, some people might be inclined to want to do that. The, uh, the is, problem is that... for me that comes up is that these are, in my opinion, not things that should be tied into this system. Yeah, um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm generally very pro recruit a friend programs, but in this particular case you know i actually have several recruit a friend items and you know uh, typically when it's like a one-off item that is clearly made to be a giveaway item for something like this i think that's perfectly fine i don't have a problem with it my problem is like a new item for the back slot is something people have wanted for literal decades mm -hmm. the other like, thing is is that uh, i see where people are upset people i feel like are less upset about the concept of the recruit a friend rewards and the fact that these specifically are like themed around archaeology, yeah, which I feel yeah. like they they haven't. I mean, I can't speak for um, WoW currently, but I feel like they haven't done a lot with archaeology lately. Um, well, and yeah, when this news broke, honestly, my first thought was like, I bet they designed all of these things to be archaeology rewards, and then decided that not enough people do archaeology to be worth it. Like that's my legitimate. Like so might as well sell it so yeah i can see that but for what it's worth um it, you can play wow classic and regular wow with one subscription so i mean even if you your friend just wants to play wow classic with you and experience the good old days um and you still like to play modern wow you know yeah yeah there are but, probably yeah. people who still play regular wow yeah and i mean and like i said people who want to just um because I, I mean, it's just a subscription. So, like, it's the same subscription. So, I don't see, feel like, I mean, paying for one subscription gives you access to both. You just have to install the both clients. So, you know, I mean, there's nothing stopping you from, um, you know, saying like, oh, I'm just gonna invite my friend who just wants to play classic WoW and has no interest in playing modern WoW anymore, or you know, never did. So, like, I think that that's cool. That you know, there's. You know, a lot of possibilities there, but I do understand that that's really crappy for people who have put time into archaeology. Yeah, I mean, because Especially ostensibly those people exist. Server, oh, that's I a good point. Love, but I mean, imagine if you're like, oh, like I would love this for my archaeologist character, and now I've got to recruit people or pay it myself if I want this really cool backpack. It's a, it is a cool looking backpack. It's a cool yeah. backpack. Honestly, I would definitely like to have this backpack for one of my characters. But it's um, from, it's related to Aldoom, which you hate that zone. I do hate Oldham. I refuse to even call it its actual name because I think it's so effing dumb. But also, I like that backpack. I don't care. Yeah, so uh, I guess all you gotta do is uh, get someone to... Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think the problem is... Get someone to pay 10-month sub. I actually think this is a cute way to do recruit a friend. I just think that the... Well, I also think there are too many... In my opinion, too many months where the reward is another month of playtime. But I just think that the in-game rewards should be things designed to be given away for this, not things that are tied to in-game lore and settings that should maybe be mm -hmm. tied I to mean, those. And, you know, maybe notes. maybe they will have other backpack items coming up. Uh, you know, there's a possibility that 
at BlizzCon. Well, yeah, that used to be Recruiter Friend used to be the only only way to get multi person mounts, and then they added a few through professions right. and things. So I mean, you know, and or vendor purchases. So there is precedent for it. That's a good point. So um, maybe. Um, at BlizzCon, there'll be the grand return of Stroke 9, and you'll get a BlizzCon code for a little black backpack. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? If Stroke um, 9 ends up being, like, the BlizzCon band this year, then I'm just gonna cackle. And I, I, I don't know if they're still around, but a uh, fun story, my orthodontist was, like, his uncle, the main singer from uh, Stroke 9. They're actually a local group. I yeah. did, in fact, know that. I'm wondering if other people in other parts of the world have no idea who we're talking about. You know, so a little, also, little backpack, yeah. So we also got word that GameStop is planning to close 180 to 200 underperforming stores globally this year. Oof. And yeah. more we, store closures will be planned yeah. in the following year thereafter. We'd heard a lot of um, a lot of bad news from GameStop. I feel over the past year or so, um, and we we you know we had uh, ThinkGeek um, shut down as a site, but now they're gonna still kind of have re- they're kind of rebranding ThinkGeek as kind of like a section within GameStop, and GameStop's going to be focused more on. I mean, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we maybe saw. A name change eventually because like basically even before like i know they're doing a lot of remodeling and kind of like having like wood like apparently wood paneling and changing the kind of the look of a lot of the game stops uh is kind of the make plan. it look new by making it look old right um making it look a little more like boutique or something maybe like more like a barnes and noble um but um i mean you already go into a GameStop anyway and it's basically funko pops so I mean, now they're just basically. Um, well, you know, here in uh, in the city in San Francisco on Market is one of the uh, GameStop Think Geek locations. So their downstairs is just straight up like a Think Geek store. It has been for like a year or two at this point. It's actually sick as hell. Like if you think that going into a normal GameStop is like walking into like a toy store of like super obscure video game character toys no that like that think geek store is like oh hey let's go down here and grab some obscure like dragon ball things that i didn't even think came out here it's okay that's actually, pretty cool like, but I... yeah it's pretty wild actually like don't knock it i think this could be a better step forward for them than many people think but i still think at the end of the day i don't think they have particularly good looking prospects long term yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like there's nothing wrong with leaning into that aspect of it. But like I said, they might as well just rebrand. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, you know, the econo- the economics of, I was going to say the economy is changing, but I'm specifically talking about the economics of gaming are changing. And a brick and mortar store like GameStop is thus far in my opinion not doing super well with coping with the ways that the games industry has changed um mm-hmm. in, a, in the marketplace i still don't really see them addressing that which is my real concern because that should be their their highest priority given that that should be their big um revenue stream incoming uh, and i appreciate bolstering it with these other super cute super fun things that collectors like me can't help but avoid or can't can't help but indulge in i should say we can't avoid them um so i I mean i do think that this is a better plan than many people think in the short term i do worry in the long term like it's more of a 
band-aid than an operation and i think that's what they need and it makes me worried that maybe there won't be a game stop soon and that didn't used to be a worry but now that i see how much it sucks to have to buy all of my video games at target and walmart because we don't have or i'm sorry to buy all of my toys at target and walmart because we don't have toys or us here anymore um i don't want to lose all of our game stores also and have to buy all of my video games at those places as well because it turns out that I like being able to go to stores that are focused on one type of merchandise when I can. Mm. And you're just like, I only want to shop online. I don't give a give a fuck. Yeah, dealing with people. Screw that. I mean, but I, I do. I do want to go. The problem is, I I really enjoy engaging in my community and like talking to people about the things I buy and like oh, having I a conversation. Like, I don't, like, I don't like, like people are talking. I don't even know why I'm doing this. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I and I do have to say, I do want to go to the Think Geek store now. Like the actual, like you know. Not the Think Geek corner of a typical GameStop, but like the yeah. Well, maybe flagship. this weekend we'll roll through then, because you know, All I right. don't see why not. Okay. All right. So this story is disgusting. Um, apparently, um, what happened is that Autumn Taylor, who is a marketing director for VR studio Alchemy Labs, said that the Oculus co-founder Michael Antonov um, put his hand up her skirt while uh, she was doing a VR demo with Oculus, and in... which is holy fuck, yeah. And this Terrible. was starting to, this, this news, um, came out, um, about, uh, about a little over a month ago, right as there was a big stream of kind of hashtag me too things going on with, um, gaming industry, um, yeah. And, you know, I I didn't want to include all of the stories here because... Oh, yeah, that would be a whole episode unto itself. Yeah, and I'm not prepared to do that today. It may be time to finally finally have that episode. My biggest problem with doing an episode like that is that I don't want to do it without the voice of, like, a female games dev. And I know several female games dev who do not want to do things like podcasts, and I'm not going to make them. I don't blame them because they don't want to be targeted to themselves. Yeah, yeah. Even on a known, like, literally, like, one listener show like this, like, people are that afraid. And that it it just sucks. Because we all love games so much. And if you're a halfway sensible person, you basically have to hide. And it's awful. I do not like that. Yeah. Um, in much happier news, um, well, I, I, I do want to add on to that. You know, we're not going to talk about all of these stories. Um, some of them inevitably will come up in following weeks when we record. Um, but I want to make it very clear: we stand with victims always. Yes. Period. There is not a discussion. Yeah. Um, with that having been said, I'm sorry. Please, please no continue. Problem. In happier, in lighter news. Um, Kentucky Fried Chicken put out a free dating sim on Steam. It is called I Love You, Colonel Sanders, A Finger Licking Good Dating Simulator. Um, and it's it's out already. And, and it's a, it's actually, I haven't played it yet. Have you played it? You know, I watched a Let's, I mean, I say I watched a Let's Play. I watched someone play it on Twitch. And um, I enjoyed watching it. Like, it seemed funny. Um, but it also seemed really shallow for those of us with... Uh, little more experience with the genre yeah but i mean it's also a commercial (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's a very effective commercial for a very specific kind of nerd yeah and it's got like a very like bishonen um 
Colonel Sanders, which is kind of like a meme at this point. Yeah, well, and all of the character designs are honestly like super tropey and honestly in my opinion mostly really well executed um i've heard some people comment though that you know the the game overall kind of ends up weirding them out because it's ultimately kind of they feel um making fun of visual novels as a concept rather than sort of being in on the joke itself as well oh that's unfortunate and that isn't something i really had the sense of in watching uh someone play it on twitch i don't want to say a let's play but um you know Um, the flip is i i might need to play it myself now because i I think that that is a real valid concern. For sure. For for the very few things I know about it, it just seems kind of like internet weird, you know, like um, how brands are trying to be relevant and funny and um, oh, weird. Oh, the brands then, are out at, it, at it again. And silence brand. But uh, like, for example, the professor of the cooking school that Colonel Sanders and his rivals are at is Professor Dog, which is a corgi. Of course it's a corgi. <laughs> of course it's a corgi. Corgi. But I mean, for me, that's just like LOL. Or a sheep, right? LOL, how weird. I so. guess my problem is that, you know, while a lot of dating sims do have these LOL, how weird elements, uh, there is a concern for me when that's what the entire game is. Uh, but then, as you note, this isn't even really a game properly as much as it's an ad. And so, with that in mind, it's big bumping. It's effective ad. Yeah. It, I mean, it is. It's big bumping 2019. Pepsi Man. Maybe Even maybe his- more Pepsi Man, because Pepsi Man was probably a little bit more of a legitimately good game than Big Bump. Yeah. Even winners need to satisfy their hunger. Biker Mesh from Mars. Uh, oh, my God. Advertisement. Yes. Did we ever do an average gaming episode, or did we just talk about it? Holy shit. I don't think we did. It's time. It's time. Yeah. It is time for me to clean up my mouth, and it is time for us to do an advert gaming episode. And it's time for us to talk about Cave bringing some shmups to iOS. Oh, yeah, that's actually because we're going to get into our segment, My Own Private Idaho. I thought you were going to do like a singy bit. Yeah, I'm... uh... Well, this is where left of center news that we spotlight things that are just like what we care about. None of all y'all are going to care about, but we don't care because we love it. Yeah, I was going to do like a... I mean, I guess I just did it. Like, you know, uh, a B-52 is like... (laughs) You know, you know what the B-52s do? They're like... (laughs) Yes, we all know what the B-52 stick. Like a rock lobster. Like, so yeah. tell us, tell us, because you love, you love shmups and you yeah, love, love cave, cave, right? Yeah. yeah. So. so we have four of their classic shmups coming back to iPhones and iPads as 64-bit titles. Uh, you know, this is a super notable news story because we ourselves here on the show, back when we used to actually record regularly, which is finally coming back. Is we, it? <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't yes, that. But that's fair. I will show you. But, you know, um, we were whining about how a lot of these old iOS ports of these cave shmups were um, being delisted due to the fact that they were older 32-bit releases and they weren't being upgraded to work on the with the new processors. Um, so we now know that several of their classic titles are coming back. And this is fantastic because it specifically includes includes like Dodonpachi Maximum, Death Smiles. So like the the games that like you're gonna want to play like are here, and it's it's pretty exciting, honestly. Okay, and I have to I have to say I looked at the um uh I looked at Caves page that um Kotaku linked to, and their URL is shooting.cave. 
.co.jp. Like, lots of O's. Shooting. I'm not making that, that up. That honestly makes my whole day. Shooting. I'm delighted. Well, so, then... I feel like this one is also very Yubu. It is. I was going to go right into it. Um, we also got the announcement of a new, like, uh, plug-and-play console. This one is the SNK Neo Geo Arcade stick pro it's a fight stick with a design based on the neo geo cd controller pad stick so this is like kind of like a hybrid of one of the plug-and-play boxes and like a whole arcade joystick it's pretty cute um it also has like this unique function where if you have um like the neo geo mini um control pads that they sold which i have two of um, you can connect those to the Neo Geo arcade stick and use the arcade stick as just like a console connected to your TV to play the 20 included um, built-in fighting games. It's pretty awesome in my opinion. Although if you have these pads, you probably have the Neo Geo Mini, which itself connects to the TV and has a bunch of games inbuilt. But yeah, potato, potato. It's kind of like that um, crazy Capcom stick thing that was like shaped like oh the my Capcom god logo. right except that one's stupid really i thought it would be like a cool like display piece you know my problem with that one which let me be clear the capcom one is awesome in that the buttons look nice and they're easily upgradable to even nicer buttons it has games that have literally never been released anywhere else and for all we know never will be released anywhere else including alien versus predator which is a big one the flip is it's shaped like a giant art, like a giant Capcom logo, and it's like $200, and it doesn't even have its own monitor. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, I would much rather have a smaller arcade stick for whatever, $80 or whatever, and be done. Yeah, okay. So, um, Yakuza 7. Yeah. going to be a JRPG? <laughs> So kind of, it's a, it's like a new variation on the series. Um, the game is going to have turn-based JRPG styles. Um, you're going to be controlling a whole party and the game is uh, very specifically kind of like shouting love to Dragon Quest. Uh, I guess the main character of the game is like a, a Dragon Quest fan in canon and... Um, all of, you know, the in-game attacks are standard, like, JRPG trope-type attacks. You end up getting summons where you can, you know, like, on your cell phone, call various, you know, Japanese citizens to come help you that you know throughout town. It's just insane in the best possible way. Um, I want to be clear, you know, it's kind of inappropriate for me to use insane that way. I need to get better about that. What I really mean is it's so clearly defies my expectations of what yakuza 7 was going to be that my mind is like blown by this reinterpretation of the ideas of the series and this different way at presenting a modern japan and like a, a modern japanese citizen as sort of how he sees himself relating to the world around him in this case a jrpg fan who sees the world around him as a jrpg apparently it's pretty wild and i'm super excited yeah, I mean, this is kind of a uh, a new a new start because um, it was uh, Shin Shin Ryo Gagatoku, right? Until they uh, gave it, you know, officially made it a numbered title, but it was originally just announced as Shin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, it's going to be releasing here as uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is more like a, a, more like Yakuza Like a Dragon Quest. 
ah, right. But is literally, you know, just like Ryugagatoku is, you know, like a dragon. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ryugagatoku Quetzal. <laughs> okay. All right. We also I, I tried, got I tried a, to make that happen twice. We also got a new Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer, this time for the Remind ah! DLC. I screamed so loud. Holy moly. Did you make the um, bombs bark? Yes, in fact, it did. Um, we got a look at, uh, you know, new conversation with Namine, who appears oh to have a God. whole ass, like, proper looking. Yeah. I was very disappointed with the Namine's how... situation. Yeah. At, at, yeah. At the end. So I'm very pleased about this. We also know that, uh, you know, Aqua, Lee, Namine, Roxas, Shion are all going to be big players in this DLC based on the trailer. Um, we know for oh, sure God. that Shion is going to be getting an explanation on why she came back. So, so yeah, it's going to be a lot. What were you going to say? No, I just like, I, it's, it's coming. Oh, a lot it coming. A lot it coming. And yeah. like, kind of like, um, that'll be releasing this winter too. So not that much longer to yeah. wait. A lot it coming with one of those, um, uh, dream eaters, <laughs> like the cute chunky cat. Uh-huh. A lot he coming. Um, we also had a interesting tease from Tetsuya Nomura last month um, in a special letter from the director event of Union Cross Kingdom Hearts. Ugh, I don't know why I just read that backwards. <laughs> like it was a personal name or something. But basically, uh, Nomura-san referenced that he is in the middle of writing a third storyline of Kingdom Hearts. So we don't quite know what that means. A lot of people are hoping this means we're coming to a new spinoff or maybe we're going to be getting some kind of, uh, you know, remake or readaptation or even like a new novel series, maybe. Um, definitely interesting stuff and something that I expect we'll be talking about more in the future. Yeah. And then he said in his um, in his note, once all that is complete, the three storylines will and it looks like are those supposed to be like chains linking or something? I believe so, yeah. Well, you know, it's all connected. Reconnect. Yeah, chain exactly of, so. Chain of reconnect memories of... All right, me. so we also have word here that Bayonetta and Bayonetta, <laughs> Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2 are coming down from various eShops of Nintendos. I believe they're already off of the European and Japanese eShops, in fact. And this is just for Wii U. Um, for That's the clarifying. Wii U. Yes, for the yeah. Wii I mean, U. honestly, you can get them on Switch now, so why don't you do that? Yeah, the why don't you do that? A lot of people have is that this is likely due to the song licensing in these games. Yeah, you know, song licensing impacts a lot of digital distribution deals, and probably for the Wii U platform, um, Sega, Nintendo, and all the various parties involved for ban- making Bayonetta happen. Uh, probably decided that it just wasn't worth paying to uh, extend the license on the Wii U platform. Yeah, and honestly, like the people who want to play Bayonetta, so pe- Bayonetta players probably fall into two categories. People who want to play Bayonetta currently probably already own a Switch because lots of people have a Switch. And the other people are the people who have Bayonetta like on uh, 360 or PS3, maybe both, um, PC, Wii U, and Switch, so... Like, either you already have it on Wii U, or you wouldn't get it on Wii U anyway. Because, yeah, a person who has a Wii U and doesn't have Bayonetta and wants to play Bayonetta probably doesn't exist at this point. If you have a Wii U yeah, and you want I mean, to play it's... Bayonetta, you probably already got it. 
it's interesting as a footnote you know we're big fans of platinum and bayonetta specifically but i have to agree at this point there are other better ways to play bayonetta and bayonetta too um there was a time that the Wii U versions of these were games the, were, were the were the be ultimate, yeah, best and only ways to play. But that just isn't the case now, and it is kind of is what it is. Yep, time to move on. Let's with, see from, we, from the Wii U, I mean, but also with to our new news, our next news. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have word that the church's Death Stranding song has been released. This is the song titled Death Stranding. Yeah, we know that. Uh, Kojima is a big fan of churches. Uh, I know that we're big fans of them here in the studio as well, although we're not technically in the studio tonight. Um, what did you think of this song? Have you listened to it yet? Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, I don't know if it will. I don't. I don't know enough yet about Death Stranding. Like you know, I'm trying to keep um, kind of just limited information that I know about it because I don't want to be spoiled. Um, but so I, like, I don't know how much thematically. It'll be, like, if it has, like, oh, my gosh, after we actually play it, like, the lyrics will be so much more meaningful. Right now, I just think it's a great Church's song. It reminds me a lot of their uh, first album, The Bones of What You Believe. Yeah, but, like, that's not a bad thing. I yeah, mean, no, no, no. It's, it's funny. Like... I actually saw people complaining earlier that are that were like, well, it just sounds like a standard Church's song. But I'm yeah, like... like which means, which means, which means an, another great little electro pop bop uh yeah right like i'm down like this is the opposite of a problem yeah that is a musical group that i quite enjoy same i i, I dig this song too i i and that's don't cool know. um that's cool that there's gonna be this um death stranding time fall soundtrack it's gonna have um the neighborhood uh major laser cross khalid um other people like bring me the horizon i'm not really a uh, particularly a huge fan but you know yeah no it's really cool kojima is basically having a bunch of his favorite musicians do songs for his game it's rad i mean i just that's sick af like i know that a lot of people get super butt hurt about you know hideo kojima's name being all over death stranding and i should probably slow my hideo I, I don't kojima mean to... production directed by hideo kojima janitor Genitorial services provided by Hideo Kojima. Well, and right, and I get it. Like, obviously, these games are not a one-man production. But um, I love seeing that um, clapback tweet that someone made. It was like, um, check out this Metal Gear Solid such and such. I think it was maybe like three or two or something. And it had like a whole section of the disc, which was like staff. And it had like bios and stuff that you yeah, could access. Well and that's the thing is that he actually has always been super about crediting all of his comrades in game or you know all of his collaborators in game he's really good about you know spreading the love but the flip is more than probably any other quote unquote auteur particularly within the game space but i would even argue multidisciplinarian um it really does seem like he has his hands in more of the mixes than most of these creators do. Um, by all accounts, he does get more involved and more hands-on in uh, the presentation, the advertisement, uh, every little aspect of the design, right down to, you know, back in the days of Metal Gear Solid, he used to build, like, Lego sets of, like, the individual stage layouts he wanted the people to create. 
and so obviously the people who created those stage layouts still need every 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 credit for that but does that also mean that hideo kojima had a hand in the stage design in my opinion yes and i think that's more than most of these producers do so i don't i just honestly hideo kojima game yeah he got his favorite bands to do music for his game most game producers are not going to do that i think it's sick af the hideo kojima touch all right so uh dragalia lost is going to have a Mega Man crossover in november and if you max out friendship with him, he'll become part of your group permanently. So that's cute. I have not put yeah. time into Trivia Lost, but I know a lot of people enjoy it. And uh... I have actually downloaded it and I'm starting to grind it out so that once this starts in November, that I'll be able to recruit him because I want to make sure that I have like a high enough level or whatever. Yeah, because, because you, I love, love Mega you, Man. Love Rock, you love Rockman. Yeah. Yep. Like, no, I don't love Rockman, only Mega Man. No, I love both. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. We have word here that the upcoming Switch and PS4 port. Oh, no, this is the Switch and PC ports of Super Robot Wars X are going to be releasing on January 10th, 2020. Are you sure Japan. it's not Cross? I think it's X because the one prior sure this was 10? V. <laughs> the one prior this was V and the one after this was T. And those ones are all the letters. So I think this one's also the uh, letter. Okay, so that wasn't five and now it's ten. Yeah, you correct. never know. I mean, honestly, this I mean, is you a whole thing. Seem to know. Well, this has apparently been a whole thing in games culture where people are talking about how the X button on the PlayStation is the cross button, and it's like, yeah, yeah, the obviously. cross button. Yeah, I mean, I still call it the X button, but I mean, yeah, cross. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it. It's just like whenever like. Um, project cross zone came out and people were calling it project x zone and or even when our when our um when our uh, panel at uh, gamer x was called podcast x zone by some people well because at least in that case they were kind of crossing it with cross crossing it with uh gamer x which was not gamer cross that's true (laughs) (laughs) all right well moving on because we're getting pretty silly here and i'm actually getting super hungry i haven't eaten dinner yet oh my gosh yeah, let's right? on, yeah, yeah, it's like nine. So um, we also got the announcement of the upcoming DLC fighters for Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle 2.0. This update is going to be releasing on November 21st. And we already had the announcement from back at Evo of the first four of the nine characters that would be releasing. Um, those four characters were Yumi from Senran Kagura Estival Versus. Uh, Blitz Tank from Akatsuki Blitzkampf, Akatsuki from Akatsuki Blitzkampf, and Neopolitan from RWBY or Ruby. Uh, then we also got the remaining five revealed <clears throat> this past week. And this is really exciting because these are going to be um, Celica A. Mercury from Blaze Blue Central Fiction, Elizabeth from Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Uh, Adachi Toru from Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Boo. <laughs> right? That was my response to TV. Oh, wait. I mean, um, yeah, Adachi, sure. Cool. I can't wait. Uh, Hilda from Undernight in Birth and Susano from Blaze Blue Central Fiction. Uh, so for a $25 upgrade that's going to come with a new scenario including new character interactions and colors for all the old characters as well um new game mechanics this is basically like a whole ass new iteration of the game that's just 
a pat a, a purchasable upgrade to the original game with nine characters i think this is awesome what do you think yeah um like this was kind of i think what we hoped the game would be back when they they released it i'm happy to see they're still doing it yeah awesome let's see did you want to talk about this one i feel like this was a game you had been excited about oh yeah this is uh watam which is the newest game from keita takahashi-san who of course is the genius behind kalamari damashi um so this was we first heard about this believe it or not in 2014 at the playstation experience holy mackerel has it been that long yeah so uh Bowie was still quite a young and back then and as were we um so it's basically just a new trailer but i mean it looks it looks really cute i mean you know i mean december 2019 i know finally i mean um I don't know. I mean, I I am of the opinion that we don't get nearly enough games from, you know, not to rush him or anything or to, uh, you know, pressure him. But I feel like um, Takahashi-san just is such a, he is a treasure of the gaming industry. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, the the original Katamari, um, Nobi Nobi Boy, I mean... it's weird, but I mean, who didn't, who didn't, um, who wasn't fascinated by Nobi Nobi Boy back in the day? And then, uh, remember when they finally, um, got to the sun when, um, when Girl finally reached the sun? I remember talking we, about it. In yeah. Fact. Remember we reported about that? Like, that was, yeah. I mean, because Nobi Nobi Boy, um, predates Bowie. So, you know, I mean, that was and, a, anyway, that we, was a special day. Yeah. So, yeah. But we I hope could, that we could Watam, go deep on those games. Yeah. Watam, um, you know, we still I still feel like we don't know exactly what it's going to be about. Um, but um, yeah, so I, I'm really excited. Uh, you know, he was uh, he'd been working on it with um, uh, Robin Hunnicky, who you probably know best from Journey when she was with yeah. uh, that games company. So, I mean, obviously, uh, I thought that game was a, a masterpiece. Um, so this just seems like it'll be really delightful and I can't wait. Excellent. All right, let's see. We also have here DLC for DLC for Waves. Uh Fire Emblem Three Houses upcoming Waves 3 and 4 DLC have been detailed. That was a lot harder for me to read than I thought it would be. <laughs> um there's some pretty exciting stuff here though. It looks like there's going to be a new playable unit, Jiritsa, which for those of us who played the game, I think the lack of uh, a whole lot happening there was actually kind of like a big question mark. Um, It's also going to have new supports and new activities, including online features, all included in like the free portion of the Wave 3. Um, The paid portion is going to include Ana as a new playable. Um, It's going to have new monastery facilities, new online features, um, obviously dialogues for Ana and Jaritza, um, around 10 new quests, as well as a new sauna activity and new costumes, including maid, butler, and more, as well as battalions for those costumes. And then uh, Wave 4 is going to be getting a new mode called the Abyss Mode. New player characters, Juris, Balthazar, Constans, and Javi. New supports, new online features, new hero relics, new classes, new paralogues, new quests, new battalions, new gambits, and new costumes for Byleth and Sothis. Um, Do we know yet if there's going to be any new same-sex relationships? You know, we don't, but the fact that they are adding new supports makes me 
wonder. I mean, it's not impossible. They are adding new supports. Um, did you mention the most important part? What's that? That you can pet the dog now. Oh, I had not. Yeah, in the free update, they're also adding dog petting. So there's, I mean, I haven't put a lot of time into Three Houses, but there we go. I'm just going to go pet the dog. All like It'll be like, do you want to um, have lunch with your students or maybe do a practice battle? I'm like, nah, just going to pet the dog. <laughs> I bet, right? Let's see. Um, only moving forward here because we have to. I would love to talk about Fire Emblem Three Houses. You know, um, we had talked earlier about like doing an episode about just what we've been playing recently. I think we should do that because I've played all the way through multiple games since last time we recorded, and I would love to talk about all of them. Yeah, and I think we're going to not be able to talk about what's up because... Precisely. Uh, yeah, it's getting long in the tooth already. So, and actually, I actually have oh, things to I would like to say about what I've been playing, which, uh, you know, might be surprising. So, yeah, so <laughs> let's talk about um, Bamco. Yeah. These are some new trademarks uh, that just in Japan so far, but they appear to be um, in, indicating new titles that are going to be released in classic series. Um, these appear to be a, part of an encore type branding. There are trademarks for Genpei Toma, then Encore, Wagyan Land Encore, Klonoa Encore, Mr. Driller Encore, and Splatterhouse Encore. Um, I'm super, super, super excited about this. Uh, Klonoa, Mr. Driller, and Splatterhouse are three of my favorite Bamco IPs. If they're going to be coming back, and a lot of people think that the Encore labeling indicates that if they are coming back, they will be in fairly faithful iterations and not like that awful, like, uh, new metal type reimagining of Splatterhouse from the 360 era. If these are like old throwback comebacks, yeah, let's hope that like let's hope that Klonoa is not like a mobile social. Oh my god, right? I was worried you were going to say Klonoa isn't going to become Fred Durst because I was looking at like his sidewards cap and like, oh no. Yeah, I mean, he always kind of had a little bit of that. Um, roll the roll, you know, that roll the roll, roll the roll. That that late nineties uh, sort of fashion going. Well, this next piece of news is one that I think you are probably excited about. Yes. So apparently. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield is going to have 18 total gyms. Um, apparently the gyms in this game, you know, it's very like sports related. So there's going to be the major and minor leagues. And apparently like how we know that some of the, um, gym differences in Sword and Shield, um, might be, uh, different, um, or will be That's different. wild. And so we don't really know exactly what that means yet. If that, um, Maybe that, like, the minor league ones will just be kind of like, oh, you go in and battle the gym. Kind of like, you know, the dojo in the original Red and Blue. You know, like, yeah. where it's like, oh, just battle a few trainers, but you don't really get a gym battle. It won't really count towards, you know, you get some experience from it and maybe not get to, like, qualify for the Pokemon League or whatever. Or if it means you're, like, I'm wondering if it means that, um, like, you know, after you beat the, after you're in post-game, if the, um, it's going to be like um, season two of the Pokemon leagues. This time, the major leagues are blah, 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 blah. And like that each oh, right. time, kind of like a new game plus, but not like from the start, just like going through the gym challenge again. And, um, you know, you, it'll be you almost want it to have like an extended lifespan, all, almost like a games as a service, but without the service element, hopefully. Yeah. Or like 
yeah but but sort of a living game that will have updates and and sort of living objectives is what i'm hearing is that what what i'm hearing yeah like and yeah, like that oh. would be great and for me the fact that they're already building that into the lore makes me feel like that would be such an easy thing for them to do mm-hmm. i mean i would also love if you just had to 18 gems you could fight because I love gold and silver and crystal, which, you know, had, you know, it was two games in one basically. So I love a big game for Pokemon. Um, so I wouldn't, I'd be happy either way. We also have the, I, we also have the, um, the possibility that things like the nature of your Pokemon might be changeable. They said personality parameter could be changed for things like competitive, um, allowing you to be more and more control of, um, hidden parameters that they say like so um that'll be interesting to see what that means yeah yeah and something else you know they've been kind of leaking well not leaking but releasing information all day today um game informer has because i guess uh sword and shield is their like game of the month and it's going to be like their cover game and everything so they also were posting that um i guess experience sharing is going to be inbuilt into the game now and it will just be something you can i guess turn off um in game but otherwise you just have it kind Um, of like um, there will also now be auto saves although those will Uh also be optional and uh it's also not going to have hms but we'll have uh you know abilities working in in a different way this time probably more like the um ride pokemon i would guess but we maybe don't know yet yeah that's my expectation but because they're the whole thing is that there's this um what is called not the open field but you know what are they calling it the wild area so maybe there's like not really a need for flying like um you know maybe we don't really need i mean it'll be interesting to see i think that we still are in for a few surprises and um you know that not it's not just going to be you know a, a very slight upgrade from sun and moon i think uh i think we're seeing some experimental things maybe you know or yeah. some new cuts up so i'm excited i love pokemon i'm so Let's... excited there's so many cuties poltygeist stan anyway yeah okay, no, watch I... for sorry go ahead I was going to say, I, I am super excited for Sword Shield. Um, we also saw confirmation that I guess not all of the Pokemon that aren't coming back, like they'll come back in future games apparently, but the dev team was talking about how in previous iterations, some of the game features they wanted to include were not included due to the sheer amount of Pokemon animations they would have to do for some of these things. And so that's why they're they're paring back that number, which has been a controversial news story yeah, all year. I mean, you know, my thing but with that is always that, been knowing that they're going to come back down the line. Hopefully, will ease some of the people whom are concerned because I actually have fallen on the traditionally like unreasonable side of this on this specific debate. I'm sorry. Please continue, Slidekick. And I was just going to say, um, like, there's already so many, and like, I feel like. Especially when they're like your your turning favorite cuties. If you're like, for example, if you're always like, oh, I love having a Gyarados, you know, like I mean, if like you've always got to have a Gyarados, and like you know, I'm like always gonna get a Gyarados. Then like, I mean, I find that a lot of times I miss out on having. I, I mean, I always try to like raise a team of as many new Pokemon as I can, but like I feel like sometimes a lot of the newer Pokemon are kind of like less desirable because oh well you know Gyarados is in it and Gyarados has a better base stats blah 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 so I think it will um 
I, th- I feel like I, my hope is that it will give other pokies a chance to shine. I mean, I guess I've always just felt like typically in these games, when they first release, you have to play using new Pokemon anyway. So it hasn't That's really, true, yeah. like, yeah, me, especially black and white really was the first one to really, you know, push that. Yeah. Like, and, and I feel yeah. like it's more or less really stayed that way where you typically have to get like an expanded Dex or something before you can straight For the most pull part, everything. But I mean, like, um, you could straight up get a Pikachu like early on in Sun and Moon. So, okay. But also if Nintendo doesn't want everybody to get a Pikachu, stop putting Pikachu front and center of every Pokemon thing. Well, but it's, it's Pikachu. But this, is, <laughs> but this is, I mean, this is my point is if yeah. you're going to put all of these Pokemon in my face every day for the last 20 years, if you're going to remove some of them and any of them are ones I really like, of course that's going to sting. But at least but you there's know, tons at some of point, new cuties. Okay, but let's say like my favorite is Articuno. Articuno is obviously fine, but what if my favorite were Tangela and I'm never going to see a new Tangela? That would suck. I mean, eh. or maybe <laughs> you're so cruel to people's feelings. Maybe there's going to be a um, Dynamax Tangrowth. You never know. Isn't Tangrowth the evolution? I, I mean, uh, I was just throwing one out of a bucket. That some of them popular. got some weird evolutions along the line. But anyway, uh, speaking of other cuties, we had Pokies and now we have Yokies. Yokai Watch 4 Plus Plus is going to be releasing on Switch and PlayStation 4. Uh, that's, that's a big in, deal because yeah. typically these games don't get over to the PlayStation side of the family. Uh, this is going to be available as either a new purchase or an upgrade for the previous release of Yokai Watch 4 on Nintendo Switch. Uh, the new purchase price is about $65. The upgrade is about $17. Fair. Um, yeah, it looks like a really cool set of upgrades. Yeah, I'm obviously just jealous that we don't has, have it yet. Yeah, I mean, obviously the look of the game has soared now that it's on PS4. Yeah, the um, um, I noticed that they added a new map called Cauldron Boiled Hell. It, which <laughs> looks like something right out of Spirited Away or something. Right, it's, uh, Silicon Era says, as the name suggests, it's a boiling hell. LOLOL, boiling hell. Let's see. Boiling hell, Harry. We got the release of a new Nintendo game. Or the release, the announcement of a new Nintendo game, which has a new Wii-style accessory or peripheral. This is Ring Fit Adventure. It comes with the Ring Con and Leg Strap accessories to help players exercise while fighting through a mythical land of beasts and dragons. I have to be honest, when this first came out, I didn't know this was first party. I yeah, this, this was... is actually running on a modified version of the Breath of the Wild engine. No. Yeah, yeah. Like, it even, when game the menu systems even are the exact same. It uses the same animations for, uh, like, the food when you eat them from the menu and everything. Yeah, no, it's, it's oh my very God, clearly. I can see it now in these screenshots. Yeah, it's very see, no, I just I just saw the LOL ring con. Um, oh, but it's a, like, it's a, like a Wii Fit thing, so I... Yeah, but it's like a whole ass JRPG. I know, and it looks cool, but I, have, wild engine. but I have to exercise to play it. Well, that part sucks, I guess. <laughs> I'm <laughs> honestly, it is going to have an optional silent mode, which will remove like the jogging mini games and more strenuous workouts to be, you know, more quiet. Okay. <laughs> maybe, honestly, that might work well as like a light cardio version for people who maybe aren't as used to getting exercise as well, which could be cool. Yeah, like me. Um, I'm, I'm actually excited for this, though. It looks like a whole ass game. Yeah, like at first I was like, LOL at this whole meme of it. But uh, yeah, this is, um, I guess, um, can you imagine if we get um, 
um, the Rain Fit protagonist as a Smash character. I mean, if the game is popular enough, it feels inevitable. We we got the Wii Fit trainer in Smash. Oh, and I just um, I just googled the um, villain who is Drago, the bodybuilding dragon. There's definitely sexy art of him already. I'm sure. I mean, it sounds like you're already looking some of it up. Oh, I, no, but one of them just popped up just on Google. So, Oh, anyway. it's a cute dragon in spandex. Not in this picture. And like a uh, unitar. Oh, my God. Wrapping it up. Very buoy way to wrap this episode up is a new announcement of a new Umihara Kawase game. This is yes. Umihara Kawase Bazooka. Bazooka. Yeah. I'm a little worried that the name Bazooka is a reference to the fact that all of the characters appear to have much larger... um, Bazooms? (laughs) Yes. The flip is, though, this time around, the game has more of a focus on multiplayer. That's cool. Um, It's going to support up to four players online. And, you know, so you'll both be able to, like, progress as a group through, like, the stage clear system. But also you'll be competing to, like, finish the stage first. And um, in addition to the original Umehara Kawase characters, it is also going to have other characters from um, games by this studio and other games published by the same publisher. So please look forward to it. Yeah, um, hopefully we um, hopefully um, all we'll, you know, yeah. we've gotten most of these Umehara yeah, Kawase have. games here. Um, and, yeah. and Bazooka, when it releases in summer of 2020 on PS4, Switch and PC, um, it appears that the Switch version at least is going to include software support or language support for uh, Japanese, English, and Chinese. Okay. And I guess um, they stopped calling it just uh, Yumi's Odd Odyssey, right? Like they finally called it uh, Umihara. Yeah. The most recent release on Switch is definitely an Umihara Kawase game in North America. Excellent. Well, that does it then. Fantastic. Let's hope the bazookas aren't the bazooms. (laughs) Indeed. All right. Well, then. We're going to start up our exit loot here, but as we were discussing earlier this episode, we are going to do a what's up discussion episode so that we can really get caught up on our backlog. I'm going to be talking about some games that I know several of our listeners are very excited to hear us talk about. So please look forward to that. And I'm going to be talking about some games that um, I actually am enjoying that I probably shouldn't be. So look forward to that. I am super fantastic like super excited to hear what this is going to be because like a game you shouldn't be interested in i'm like what's wrong with it there's a mobile social game one of them is well (gasps) kind of gasp all right well why don't you start this exit um we love your feedback we love your rating subscription and reviews on various subscription services such as i guess it's called apple podcasts now we can't even say itunes I we mean, like I your guess. Facebook likes. We effing love Twitter. We still have... Why do we still put Tumblr? Why do we still put oh, Tumblr? Oh, no. About we... 39 minutes ago, Alpha Dream, the developer of the Mario and Luigi series, devel- uh, declared bankruptcy. Oh, dear. Maybe they'll that be saved. Sucks. Maybe they'll be saved. So, so it's not a Jim and Gloom. Uh, will we follow up next time? Fuck, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Please continue. 
So it's like speaking of bankruptcy or like bad things happening to them. Why do we still have Tumblr and Google Plus in our show notes? <laughs> Who even okay. does those anymore? Yeah, I can't even honestly, I can't even say that that's the fault of this being a month old because a month ago it was still old. I mean, Tumblr, I can get a little bit, but is Google Plus even a thing anymore? Maybe. I don't know. Is anyone st- is anyone mad that we haven't updated our Google Plus since like 2017, if even that? Um, anyways, um, you can email us at mailbuoy at gamebuoy.org. Our home base is gamebuoy.org, where we have all 166 of these puppies. Gamebuoy.org. Puppies. And we would like you to check out such other shows as Orange Lounge Radio. It has a voice in for I steal so many of my cues. And the Astral Era podcast. Astral Era is a Final Fantasy XIV podcast focused on in-depth discussion of new camp, new content, <laughs> game mechanics, story slash lore, music, and of course, glamour, darling. And I'm like, um, honey, yes, there's camp. camp. <laughs> there's camp. <laughs> right. And then, of course, Reading is Fundamental, the currently off-season and possibly forever off-season show where myself and Slagkick talk about RuPaul's Drag Race. It's at least still a current show, though, so you should listen yeah. to it because it's um, good. Considering maybe bringing, having it live on as a Discord, even if there's not a show, so that's kind of the behind the scenes of that. So I'm kind of kind of been working with that idea. Oh, interesting. So that you can continue the discussions and maybe even like watch along with us. We might just not, you know. Oh my as- gosh, it would be so cute if we just did like a watch along and we just like recorded it or streamed it or something. Yeah, so I mean, I still think there's possibilities, but I just, I don't have the energy to be like, you know, that that's that, that especially when now we've got UK and then they announced there's an Australia, Canada, um, All-Stars 5, Season 12. It's just, it's too fucking much in the words of Lelandra Chandra. All right. Well, where uh, would you like to direct our lovely and beautiful listener? I would like to um, give a final salute to the game bar. Um, over what? at Game Bar, they they closed up shop. So uh, you know they they'd been around at least as long as we had longer, um, maybe 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 even a little bit longer. But I don't think too much longer than us. I think uh, maybe you know within a year or so. But yeah, I mean, so uh, Game Bar, you know, has been one of our longest running hunting bunches. Um, so we wish them all the best. You know, and um, you can uh, follow them as you may. Um, we salute you, Game Bar. We, we we're glad you took us to a game bar. Game bar. I'd also like to I'm shout glad out you to took the... us to a game bar. Thank you. I was trying to do it like more sad. But anyway. Um... I'm glad you took us <laughs> to a game. I'm like, you now you just sound like Morrissey, and that's not good. <laughs> that's not That's not good. But you know what's good is the Magical Boys podcast, which is a pop culture podcast from a queer perspective. You might remember them from their days as the joystick jockeys. I'd also like to give a little shout out to um, one of their hosts, DJ, is the um, artist on a comic called The Black Mage from Oni Press. Uh, I believe it's still officially not officially out yet but you can pre-order it and it'll be out really soon um it looks amazing go support him yeah i'd like to shout out to the nintendo fun club which is your place for platformers positivity and pop punk and you know the folks over at nintendo fun club do a lot of uh, things on the side too i think they've been doing a um a star wars podcast right uh blockade runner yeah so uh 
you know, check those out. Um, similar to our friends over at, um, God, I keep wanting to like, uh, I'm like, I don't even know what the main show is anymore. The, the Nintendo Love Fest, though, you know, um, does what it says on the tin, just like our favorite uh, Swedish cookies. Uh, you know, those those guys, uh, it's the world of podcasts, which we used to, we used to, we used to be about that life too back in the day. You know, back when I was in a in my mid thirties. So uh, anyway, <laughs> our wonderful theme music was done by Zelda Reorchestrated. But now, like all Zelda music's like actually re- actually orchestrated for real. So like their purpose kind of is you know done. Great fairy fountain, he he he. You know the drill. All right. The Sorry, I'm, I just I, re- I realized that it's late and it's a work night for me. And I also have not had anything to eat yet. Oh my. Well, we'll be able to both remedy our individual food situations shortly because it is about time to go. I'm very, very sorry to say goodbye to everybody, but the current plan (laughs) is to record again in just a few scant days, Days. not even weeks. Days. And I will note that, um, you know, Boy Who Cried Wolf and all that, but we have a few plans in mind to keep the production pipeline going, so I hope you'll stick with us as we join on this new exciting adventure of having a whole lot to say. Uh, We'll be back at you shortly, but until then, keep gaming. Keep gaming. Keep thinking. Keep thinking. And uh, wake up, get up, get out there. I thought you were going to be like, wake up, San Francisco. you're gonna be like wake up san francisco i'm danny tanner and i'm rebecca donaldson and i'm in jail because i try to bribe people to get my daughters into usc (laughs) i mean i guess she's actually did she ever change her on air name to rebecca katsopolis or did she just keep going by rebecca donaldson honestly i don't know what the answer to that is yeah all right doing a deep dive what's up is better anyways because like i really want to Instead of saying, like, I'm playing WoW Classic, I really like it, um, like, really spend more time talking about, like, the idea of it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, and that's, I want to have... talk about why I actually love Mario Kart Tours when I really shouldn't. Uh, I did know that. loves it. Oh, I know, I know. And yeah, no, I want to talk about Persona 5, Three Houses, Link's Awakening. Like, no, I'm right there with you. I have hella shit to I mean, say about uh, all these games. Shadowbringers came out between our hiatus, so I played through it twice, so... At first, I was like, oh, how cute. It's gaming-related. I'm like, oh, yeah, Discord is gaming-related. And he said, you must construct additional pylons. I'm like, oh, that's cute. I mean, I feel like so many people these days are using Discord not for gaming, but, I mean, kind of started out that way. So, I mean, that's basically half the sites on the internet these days, right? Like, I saw a bunch of people at TwitchCon, I guess, talking about, like, IRL streamers and stuff that don't even have anything to do with uh, video games from the sound of it. It, It's kind of wild. And it's just, like, teen girls are going to probably be, like, 
Join us Discord, Anna Oop. Oh my god, but yeah, exactly that. Because they've taken over Anna Oop. Anna Oop? I mean, to be fair, we, as in white gays, took it over first. So, I mean, it's the circle of life, but like the really shitty appropriative version. Actually, joke is on literally everybody. Except the teen girls making money on YouTube. Oop! And Trixie Mattel, and I oop. Could have been you, Rob. Could have been you. All right, I think we are ready to go. You are funny as hell tonight. Uh, I figured it was like a, a music thing. Yeah, it's a, it's probably like a, a Fallout Boy song. It's oh, a Fallout Boy song. <laughs> I was like, I figured it would be like a 1975 song. No, no, I have a few of those in mind, but not for this episode. Because I just wanted to reference like, oh shit, what happened? Like, we were hella back and then we just, where'd it go? And so, uh... Yeah, that's I was going to call this episode this even like a month ago when I had written this show role initially, like the day of the direct. Yeah, right. And I hope. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to dive in unless you have anything. Nope. Awesome. Um, I'm going to do a mental countdown from five. 